Hallelujah. 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 While you're standing, I'm going to read uh, one portion of Scripture, Proverbs 23 and 7. And really just that first part. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now that might not sound like much, but what a powerful impact it has on our life. I want to talk about the power of self-perception today. Let's, let's, pr let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your goodness and mercy all that you do and give us. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for the word that exposes our heart or shows us who we really are. Lord, help us to hear what you would say to us today. God, we're going to praise you for these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap and praise today. Don't you love the word of God? Glad to see People coming into the house of the Lord this morning. God bless you. You can be seated in Jesus' name. We're glad to see you all this morning. Just thankful for the Lord today. So, just a very small statement there. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. This um, power of self-perception is uh, a principle that affects us every day. The way you view yourself. I'm going to change mics right quick. Because I feel like this one is cracking. But we have, I, I, I preached and touched and, and danced all around this theme in several messages. Uh, even uh, when I preached last week about uh, you are not unloved. Um, a woman that walked into the room or, or crawled into the room, however you want to describe it, uh, at the feet of the Lord. But everybody in there had an idea about her, but she had an idea also. And I don't know what she thought about herself prior to that, but she thought enough of herself that she said, I will find an answer to my problem. And she was different when she left. And God had changed her, and, and that's what Jesus desires to do is is to fix us, and if our self-perception uh, is uh, off, it will affect every part of our life. Our everyday process of living is affected by how we see ourselves. We must have, you know, we, we talk about, and in the Scripture several times in Psalms, when our attitude toward God, it says, oh God, my heart is fixed, and I'm trusting in you, and in, in other words, they ain't nothing going to move me off the way I feel about you, God. But, but it's oftentimes that we, we're not fixed on how we see ourselves, And we cannot be, hey, one day I'm awesome. The next day, man, I'm just pathetic. I'm dirt. One day, man, I've got this uncontrolled. Next day, I'm a loser. You know, the Bible says in James uh, 1 and 8 that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And guess what? That's being double-minded. You know, we talk about that as, well, serving the Lord or not serving the Lord. But uh, in any part of anything you do, if you're uh, just whichever way the wind blows, that's not a way to live your life. And that's not the way God wants you to live your life. And you can't be like one day thinking, man, I know God loves me and God's for me. And this is the best life I've ever had. And, and then 
one little thing happened or somebody says something or you hear something and then, man, I am dirt. I, man, I'm scum. I'm nothing. I, I am pathetic. And, and you forget what you were just thinking about yourself before. We've got to get this uh, self-perception because there's power in how you view yourself. You know, we worry a lot how other people see us, but really how other people see us cannot affect us unless we let it. But when we let that in, once we let that in, we begin to take to heart the way they view us or the way they see us, and that's not the way we're supposed to live. And so uh, I want to make sure that I am seeing myself the way I should see myself. I was reading uh, earlier today, and I came across this this quote. It says, uh, much of the time it's not actually having some issue. Rather, it's believing that we do. You know, there's a lot of times that there's really actually nothing wrong. We just think there is. That's, there's power in what you think, and there's, uh, there's power in how you perceive yourself, and, and many times there's absolutely nothing happening, nothing's wrong, I mean, really, everything is good, oh, I don't know, uh, something's, something's wrong, well, I'm not on fire, I'm breathing, uh, the house isn't falling down, I still have a job, I mean, I'm, I'm taking inventory here, well, what is it? I don't know, but something. Well, that something gets a lot of people. That undefinable something throws people for a loop because they can't put their finger on it. You know why? Because there's nothing to put your finger on. It's simply your perception is off, and you have begun to believe uh, what others say or what others think or what others have poured into you, and you, you believe, look, uh, I, maybe I, I'm not called, maybe I'm not this, maybe God really doesn't love me, maybe I really am just, uh, uh, you know, just a big screw-up in life, and that's just how it is. But that's not the way it's supposed to be. And I know that we need to be honest and admit our mistakes, but you're not your mistake. You hear me? Uh, yeah, we need to take ownership of when we miss it, but we're not defined by what we miss. You know, we all miss it sometimes. Though a good man falls, he's not utterly cast down. In other words, that's not who he is. He may be down for now, but that's not who he is forever. And that's not the way we're supposed to be. But we see ourselves, we identify ourselves, we label ourselves, we tag ourselves. You know, so maybe it's the time we untagged ourselves from the viewpoints of others. You know, a lot of people, you know, we, we do that. With people will put up a post and they'll tag you in it. And sometimes it's stuff that you're like, I don't agree with that. It's, well, you know what? You get the option to untag yourself. Remove the tag. You see that little icon? Remove the tag. And get off that because that's not me. Well, why don't we start practicing that in our everyday life? That, and why don't you untag yourself the things that you have tagged yourself yeah yeah many times whether you realize it or not what you post reveals what you think about yourself Hmm? the way you talk you know people can tell what you think about yourself whenever they ask you hey how are you today oh no you know if you never get asked that question there might be a reason why 
Because people know you're going to tell them how awful you are, how bad things are going, that it's the end of the world. And you're thinking, man, you just don't know how good you got it. We need to uh, start uh, dealing. The, the, you know, we, we worry a lot of times about the enemy without, but the enemy within is the one that's getting us. It's that, it's that, that, that in our mind thinking, uh, you know, this proverb said, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And in other words, <clears throat> how we perceive ourselves will have a direct impact on how you act, on the way you behave, on the things you do in this life. Your attitude towards yourself can make you or it can break you. That's a fact. You know, everybody else, it doesn't matter how many people pat you on the back. If you're just determined to be down, you'll be down. It doesn't matter how much preaching you hear. It doesn't matter how many prayers are prayed over you. If you are determined to be miserable, you will be miserable. If you are determined to be a failure, you'll be a failure. But, friend, when you will realize that if God's on my side, I can do anything. Nothing's impossible with the Lord. And if I can start uh, getting a better self-perception of myself, I'm not talking about get the big head. I'm not talking about uh, inflating your ego. You Be realistic. But understand that even when, it doesn't matter where you started from. It doesn't matter what your life was. Once you meet Jesus, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. And I need to embrace the newness. You know, we don't like new sometimes, even when it's good new, because we're just not used to it. I just like to, I like the same old, same old, because I like to be comfortable. Well, the same old, same old is what keeps you down. But it's that newness of God and that new life with God. And when he says, you're a new creature and old things are passed away and all things are made new and now all things are of God. And, and yeah, maybe I don't know. I'm get, it's, like, it's like you're getting a bunch of packages all at once from God. And you're opening them up and say, whoo, what is this? I never had this before, and I never had this before. You don't know what to do with all the new. But you've got to learn to embrace the new stuff that God is doing in your life and quit thinking back to who you were before he washed you. Quit thinking back to who you were before he filled you. Quit uh, uh, looking back on the things you did 10 or 15 years ago and saying, well, that's just who I am. You know, uh, it's, it's, break that stuff. Get that stuff out. Uh, you, you buried that stuff in the water. Now, our mind is so powerful. And we can see, man, I mean, I'm telling you, people can get something in their head. And, man, you, you hear people say, well, they're just hard-headed. They're stubborn. And, and, buddy, when there are people that it doesn't matter, you can both be staring at a, at a blue wall and say, man, look at that blue wall. And they'll be like, that wall is orange as anything I've ever seen. Are you crazy? I'm telling you, I see orange. That's it. And what, they can convince themselves of anything, and you can't move them. And it's bad when you love people, and they are so negative and down and tearing themselves up, and you're like, you're wonderful. I am not. You are. No, no, I don't believe you. You know, it's like, oh, you know, me and my wife, hey, me and my wife do this to each other all the time. I'm like, oh, I'm so stupid. You are not. And I go like, well, you love me. She's like, yeah, I do love you, but you're not stupid. And I'm like, and that's, that's the thing is that, man, when you love people, you see people just ripping themselves to shreds, and you're like, I want to kick you so bad. 
but you really need a hug. <laughs> but I can't hug that. So we got to figure out uh, somewhere to meet in the middle here. But, but you know, you, you think because, man, I see your potential, and I see how good you can be, and I, I know that, that God loves you. And, but, man, once you make your mind up that you're worthless, it's going to take the Lord to pull you out because because he's the only way that can fix that stuff sometimes. You've got to start seeing yourself and believing in yourself the way that the Lord does and understanding. You know, uh, Paul, he understood those kind of things. He, 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 his testimony of himself, there are many times, I'm the chiefest of sinners. You know, he, I'm the least of the apostles. And he would, he would talk about you know, his past things. He'd done, oh, man, I want to do good. And then I don't. I don't want to do evil, and then I do. And then I'm fighting it myself all the time. There's always a war going on in my members, and it's just tearing me to pieces, and I'm battling it. But I know that actually it's just that sin, and, and I know uh, that uh, you know God, he, he still knew God loved me, and he knew that he was called by God, and that he had a ministry and a course to fulfill. And so at the end of his life, he said, I have finished my course. I fought a good fight. I kept the faith, and now I'm going to get my crown of righteousness. And so he understood uh, the struggles within yourself, but he also knew that no matter how I struggle with myself, I, have, I can never lose sight of what I'm reaching for. And I can never lose sight of what reached for me. Paul said, I'm trying to grab what has grabbed me. I'm trying to apprehend what apprehended me. And I'm trying to, uh, you know, get a, get a grip on this thing. And, and, and we need to realize that sometimes. It's, you know, it, it, it's not so much our strength as it is our grip. Just get a grip <laughs> on who you really are and don't let that go. You know, sometimes people say, well, you, you ever heard somebody, they use it with anything, but, you know, well, you, if you're a big gun advocate, they'll be like, well, you can have my guns when you pry it from my cold, dead fingers. You know, it's like, in other words, I'm going to hold on to this until I die. And that's the way we ought to be about our walk with God and serving the Lord is that I'm going to get a grip on this and I ain't letting go of this. <laughs> I'm going to hold on to it. You know, hey, because what you hold on to, I've preached this before, the power of what you hold on to, man, it's life altering. You don't believe it? Ask Jacob. Is Jacob in the days of old? I wrestled with the Lord. You know, he was wrestling with the Lord, and the Lord touched him. The hollow of his thigh said it, you know, it pulled the muscle from the bone. He just uh, missed his walk up and everything. But he kept saying, let me go. I will not let you go. I've got a hold on something, and I ain't letting go. And, and it changed Jacob uh, into Israel and uh, the, the God's people. And, and he was just, I will not let go of this because I realize that I, I may get injured. I may, I may uh, be changed for the rest of my life by doing this, but it's worth it. And I'm going to hold on to it. And so Jacob held on and wrestled. He would not let go. He said, I won't let go until you bless me. Until I know I get something good out of this, I'm not letting go. And he would not change and he would not let go. And it wasn't because he was stronger than God. He just refused to let go. God could have went. <laughs> and that's all for Jacob. But he's like, he didn't want to see how strong Jacob was. Will you hold on? Where you get a grip. And so sometimes we need to get a grip 
and hold on to who God has made us and realize it doesn't matter what kind of wrestling match. I, I would have liked to have saw that. I don't know what that looked like, but he was wrestling with this angel. Now, was it just they were standing there rocking back forward? Or, man, was, I mean, were they rolling across the ground? Was, you know, was it, I mean, was he just, was Jacob just like a rag dog getting thrown all over the place, just hanging on <laughs> to, the, to his leg? Or, I mean, I, I don't know what they were doing, but they were wrestling. I don't know, it wasn't just in his mind, or he was wrestling. It was a physical match going on. It was a takedown. Was there any kind of holds going on there? Was he trying to put the sleeper on him? I don't know, you know what was happening. But no matter what Jacob looked like the next morning, covered in dirt, maybe scraped up, scratched up, I knew he was limping, but God changed him, and God blessed him. And so we need to uh, start now, and that's the way... Uh, the Lord told him, he said, he said you're, you're not Jacob any longer, you're Israel. And so you're going to have to embrace this because now you've got a new, you walk different, you're different, and your name's different, and, and, and you have power. And uh, Jacob, you're going to have to remember that. And we need to remember that once God, God was not put off by who we were. You know, Jacob, well, that's a, another message for another day, but, you know, he come out with a grip, hanging on to the heel of Esau. He said, I'm hanging on these because like one day I'm going to get his birthright. He, he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep advancing. But that's another message for another time. What, what you grab hold of, uh, you, you study that, you, you'll be uh, inspired by it. But, but once God uh, changes us, as we think in our heart, that's how we are. And that's the way our life will go and the course of our life will go. And, that, and that's with anything that you do. If you, you know, uh, if, if you make a sports team because you were, man, you were awesome in high school and, and then you get kind of messed up in the head and you're like, oh, I just can't hit anymore. I can't throw anymore. Whether you have the physical ability or not, your mind won't let you do it. You know, there's been pitchers in the major league that were awesome and they didn't get injured, but they got off in their head. And they couldn't make, they couldn't hit the strike zone anymore. And uh, they they had to have, you know, they they went to actually went to therapy, talked to somebody, somebody helped them get back in that zone. They still were just as strong. They could throw it as hard. They just you didn't know where it was going when they let go of it. And they had to have somebody bring them back in and tell them who they were and what got them there. And and we need to remember sometimes who we are. If what God's got for us and quit, all, you know, self-perception is almost always negative. We never give ourselves any props. I don't want to sound like I've got a big ego. Well, you don't have to be egotistical and you don't have to be self-righteous and you don't have to be holier than thou. It's not holier than thou to live the way God made you, to live under the power of what he's done in your life, to say, I've been washed by the blood, <laughs> Oh, I'm not, oh, I ain't perfect, you know, but God did wash me clean, and he did fill me with his spirit. Oh, I, you ask him why, I'm just glad he did. You know, uh, you, people say, well, I knew who you were. That's right, you knew who I, were, who I was, but you, this is who I am. Oh, you still, no, I'm not the same anymore. Quit letting people put those labels back on you. That's not you anymore. And if you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, hey, that's not me, convince yourself, talk to yourself, tell yourself, 
I read something uh, earlier, and and look, and I'm not. This is when I grew up. I grew up watching all kind of crazy, like scary movies and stuff like that. And I always thought vampires were pretty neat, just because they could turn into bats and fly, not because they sucked blood or nothing like that. But you know, one of the, one of the lore things about vampires is that you couldn't take a picture of them and you can't see them in mirrors. They have no reflection. But some people in this world, they live or die by what they see in the mirror. And said, so maybe that's why vampires live forever because they can't see themselves in the mirror. Because many times we see ourselves and we're so dissatisfied with what we see that we can't, you know, we just, it ruins our day from the start. But we need to remember who God made us. The Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. And I'm not saying be complacent and never strive for better, but contentment that I'm in the hand of the Lord. You see, I, he didn't just make something out of me and then leave me alone. I am in his hand. And God is working on me. Uh, in, in James uh, 1 and 22 through 24, it talks about uh, us forgetting these things. It says, if we are a doer of the word and not just a hearer, because if we are uh, doers or if we're hearers only, then we deceive ourselves. But then he said, if any man is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's just like a man who looks at his face in the glass. In other words, he's looking in the mirror. And then he turns around and goes on with his life, but he forgets who he was. He forgets about who God made him. That's, but when you're a doer of the word and you know you're doing your best, man, just believe what God is doing in your life. And realize that you know it doesn't matter what anybody else is saying, what they think or what they remember about who I was, this is now who I am. And uh, even tell yourself, I am not that person anymore. I belong to the Lord. We need to make up our minds about who we are and then live by that. And uh, God was always, when you read the relationship between God and Israel, when you're reading through the Old Testament, it's amazing the things that, that God had to you know, the times he would reach for Israel and Israel just pushed, pushed him away or ignored him. And, and in Jeremiah uh, 2 and 25, the prophet, the Lord speaking to the prophet to Israel, he said, withhold your foot from being unshod and your throat from thirst. In other words, God said, I, I, you know, I don't want you to be wild. You know, wild horses would be or wild mules or things like that would, would not uh, have shoes on. But he said, I, I want you to be mine. So uh, I don't want you to be out wild without any help or any hope or any uh, care anymore. And he said, and also your throat from thirst. In other words, I want to take care of you. I want to provide for you. But you said there is no hope. You told the God of all hope there is no hope for me. You told your creator, your king, your Lord, no, there's no hope, for I have loved strangers, and after them will I go. 
In other words, I've lived this lifestyle, and I've done this and done that, and that's just who I am, and there's no hope for me. And there are people today that believe that. There are people sitting on pews today or chairs in a church that actually believe that, that it's for everybody else, but it's not for me. And you have decided within yourself that uh, this is just how it's going to be. There was another uh, quote I read today. It said, uh, who I've determined I am is limited by the fact that I'm the one who's done the determining. I've determined who I am is limited by the fact that I'm the one who's done the determining. With that being the case, I'd be wiser to consider who God says I am. Hello. That's, that's the Lord saying, hello. You know, we've got to stop uh, determining that, you know, because we have nothing to go by but all of our mess. But when we start believing and having faith in who God is, you know, the Bible says that our righteousness comes by our faith in Jesus Christ, not in our own works. Our righteousness is through him. So if I can't believe him, if I can't believe that uh, I was uh, actually included in the whosoever will or, and uh, that he died for the whole world or that his blood was for us all. You know, we, some people just believed. I know he died for everybody else, but, but he just, I, I've done too much. He couldn't love me. And the, you live your life on the outskirts, on the edge, never letting yourself be included because you feel like, well, I'm just not like everybody else. Well, ain't nobody in here like the other one. We're all individuals. Uh, but we were all covered by his blood. We were all concluded, the scripture said, in unbelief so that he could have mercy on us all. And so uh, we all have had something to overcome and to get by. And still today we all have our struggles, but that does not change who we are to God. But how you perceive yourself and how you think in your heart, that's the way you'll go. And if you can just start thinking of yourself in your heart, you don't have to say, well, I'm perfect. You know, even Paul said, I'm not saying I've attained or either that I'm perfect, but one thing I do, I forget the things that are behind and I reach forward. And I'm reaching forward those things. I'm pressing toward the mark. I'm trying to get somewhere else. And, and so uh, I will never forget where I was, but I'm not going to forget where I'm going. And I'm not going to forget who met me along the way and said, I got a better deal for you. And that's what we have to start doing is remembering that somebody met us on the walk and said, I've got a better deal for you. And, and, and so we need to remember that God, uh, you know, we, we can't say to the Lord, how sad. One place he asked Israel, why would you die? Because Israel was just ready to just die, die in their idol worship, die in their sins. They turned from God and he said, why would you die? Why? Turn to me and live. I've got, but right here, no, there's no hope. You need to slap yourself whenever you say that. Just really, just slap yourself. Quit saying stupid things like that. There is hope. And, I, and, and um, Psalm 31 and 22, I said, For I said in my haste, I am cut off from before thine eyes. Now, 
I've, I've preached from this before, and I, I, I reminded this as an old saying, haste makes waste. So, so many times we're so quick to throw our own selves under the bus and give up. I said in my haste, I'm just, God has cut me off. And God's not going to cut you off. He's always there if we turn back to him. And so, so I said in my haste, I'm cut off from your eyes. That, that's what I believe. Nevertheless, you still heard the voice of my supplications when I cried unto thee. Even though in my mind, I thought God's cut me off. There was something else in me that knew God's still listening. And that's what you want to hang on to. You don't want that first line. Throw that away. Get that hasty stuff out of here. But remember that even when you feel woo, distant, God's still listening to your voice. He's waiting for you when you cry out unto him. And, and you still matter to God. He still cares about what's going on in your life. But you got to change that perception. I'm not cut off. Yeah, I might be struggling, but I'm not cut off. And stop making self-perception always about the negative. It's always negative. Why? It's like we never compliment ourselves. We only tear ourselves down. Always beating ourselves up. Always magnifying our faults. And you know, you know, When you got things like that, do what the Scripture says. Cast your care upon Him because He cares for you. If you got things going on in your life, give it to God. And so, if we're not careful, we let ourselves and we let others influence our perception. We start seeing ourselves as what they call us or, or what they say about us. And then that becomes our lives. We, you know, we, we've seen and heard you know, kids that grew up in homes where things were bad. You know, if you're always, hey, you're ugly, you're stupid, you're worthless. Well, nobody loves you. You're a failure. And that can shape a life. And we work very hard to bring people to Jesus so that can be undone. Because that can mold a life. And if, if they're constantly fed that from a young age, and then they just accept it. That nobody really cares about them, and nobody really loves them, and they really are just stupid and a failure. And you know, a lot of kids that are told that they quit school, they drop out, they just they give up because they've been told there's no use for you to do that. And then it becomes harder to ever see any good in yourself at all. We say, "Well, I messed up, so I am messed up." It's always all or nothing. You know, it's it's to the extreme every time. There's never. Any, we never leave any room for God's mercy or grace in our life because we say, no, there's no hope. I'm cut off from before thine eyes. I, we, we're cut off. We act like we're cut off from his grace or mercy, like his grace was a one-time thing, but now that we messed up, God can't help us with anything else. But I'm telling you, look, you're not your mess. You're not your mistake, and you're not your failure. And this all-or-nothing attitude, you know what it gives you? Low self-esteem. A very poor self-perception of yourself. And we're good at dwelling on mistakes. But we're bad at remembering when we got it right. Why is it so hard to remember when you got it right? Now, I don't say you ain't got to wave a flag and applaud yourself. But, but I think you can celebrate your victories by praising God for it. 
If you know you have a problem with something, and one day you're tempted by it, but you resist that temptation, and you, and you just keep on moving, it's all right to go, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, because many other times you gave in, and then you felt bad. And you was, oh, oh then you had to pray back through and get, get yourself back right and do things like that. And you're like, oh, man, I just won't never get past that. And then all of a sudden you do. I think it's all right to say, thank you, Jesus. Yeah, he is making me better. I will get over this now. Guess what? You might slip the next day. But don't dwell on that. Be like, if I did it once, I can do it again. You know, ain't, a, ain't a baseball player in the world wants to strike out. They want to hit. And they, they get up and get a great hit. Oh, that's awesome. Next time they strike out, they're like, don't put me back in. I can't hit nothing. You've had one strikeout in 68 at-bats. What are you talking about? That's it. Struck out once. I'm a failure. I'm a flower. Yo, no, you, you still know how to hit the ball. Just sometimes you miss. And it's like that in life. Is, you know, you're, you're not a failure. You didn't forget uh, your stance. You didn't forget your swing. You didn't forget how to hit the ball. It's just you struck out. And sometimes we strike out. That's just it. That's the way it works. But that's not, that doesn't mean we're out. That means we're done. We've still got things to do. We'll still get another shot at the plate. Next time, come up and hit it over the fence. Do what you got to do. The, the, the negative does not have to eliminate the positive. Well, I'm not good at this, so I never will be. Look, you know, it's oftentimes it is our mistakes that launches into greatness. Paul, Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church. In 2 Corinthians uh, 7, he was talking about how they had uh, messed up, and Paul wrote him a letter and said, you got real sorry, and you were sorry over it. And he said, you know, uh, but you sorrowed after a godly sort. And then he said, this is the result of godly sorrow. In verse 11, he said, for behold, this selfsame thing, that you sorrowed after a godly sort. When you did that, what carefulness it wrought in you. In other words, you, you, you're like, I'm going to be very careful not to make that mistake again. I'm going to be very careful about what I listen to or where I go or who talks to me. or that, So that uh, I'm going to be very careful now uh, because I see what happens when you're not. And he said, yeah, what clearing of yourself. Because you came with godly sorrow that works repentance. And so you, you cleared yourself with God. You got your conscience right with God. And, and then that indignation rose up in you and fear, not you know, just a reverence. And then what a vehement desire, what zeal, and what revenge. In all things you have approved yourselves to be clear in this matter. In other words, you said, you know what, that's not going to be me anymore. You, you were determined that, you know what, uh, God's done too much for me. His grace has saved me. His blood has washed me. His spirit has filled me. And, and yeah, I, I, oh, I hate that I made that mistake, but that's not going to be me anymore. And I, I've got myself back on track, and I know that God wants better things for me, so I'm determined that I will be better. And so that's not saying you, you just look uh, past your faults and say, you know, I'm just great like I am. God loves you, but we, we want to work on our faults. I'm not saying, but don't let the negative override the positive in your life. Because you always have a way back. You always have hope with God. We are a work in progress, and God's not making a bunch of junk. Uh, 
In Jeremiah 18 and 4, he said, uh, the clay that we are was marred in the hand of the potter. And so he made again another vessel that seemed good. He didn't just throw that lump of clay away. He said, as long as it's on the wheel, I'll just keep molding it. So you, our self-perception would take us off the wheel. We would just say, oh, I'm going to get out from under the hand of God. Well, the only time you can't be formed or shaped is when you get out from under the hand of God. So you might be marred in the hand of the potter. The scripture says it is a fearful thing to fall into the hand of the living God. And so when we're in that hand, we can still be marred. So he made it again another vessel. Okay, this happened, but guess what? I'll fix it. I'll keep molding it. Man, you watch them guys that can work with clay like that. All of a sudden it bends over, falls apart. And you're like, wow, look at that. And guess what? In just a few moments of working, it looks just like it did before it ever fell apart. You're like, wow, how can they do that? Because they're the master potter. Well, he's the master potter. And friend, he can fix your life. Let him. We all need improving, but, but that doesn't make us hopeless. We all need improvement. I know I'm, I'm getting close to running out of time. But if we see ourselves as hopeless and accept that, you know, you know, we've just cut ourselves, or we accept that, then we cut ourselves off from the help of others and even from the blessings of God. And that's what God was trying to tell his people. I want to take care of you, give you a purpose. But they said, nope, it's hopeless. We've done wrong too long, and we're just going to have to keep going down this path. They cut themselves off from God's blessings. In Isaiah 49, uh, 49 and 13, this is, this is the Lord talking to his people. He said, sing, O heavens, and be joyful, O earth. Break into singing, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people. The Lord will have mercy upon his afflicted. God wants us to be joyful, to be comforted, to enjoy his mercy. But Zion said, the Lord's forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. And then that, that's our perception. We're forsaken, we're forgotten, you know, we're just no good. But then here is what God says. God's going to give them a reality check right here. Can a woman forget her nursing child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? He answered it. Yes, they can forget, but I will not forget you. He said, everybody else might forget you and do without, but... I will not forget you. I paid a price. He said, Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands, and thy walls are ever or continually before me. He said, I paid a price for you, and I will never leave you, and I will never forsake you. Psalm chapter 3, uh, verses 2 and 3. He said, There were many that be which say of my soul, there's no help for him in God. Selah. He said, Think about that because you, Lord, are a shield. For me, my glory, and the lifter up of my head. You see, God will tell you the reality. You know, sure, it seems like everybody's trying to destroy your self-perception, but the reality is this. God is for you, and he wants to pick you up and lift you up. So, yes, we'll make mistakes. We'll falter, be imperfect, but God loves us. Psalm 103 and 13. Like as a father pitieth his children. That word there means uh, to have compassion on and to love. So just like a father loves his children, has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on them that fear him. 
for he knoweth our frame. He remembers that we are dust. So you need to see yourself, even as God sees you, worth saving. You are worth the price he paid. He loves you. In the scripture, the church, the saint, we're referred to as saints. Oh, not me. Once you're washed in his blood and filled with his spirit, saints, saints, beloved brethren, children of God, chosen ones, dear children, the elect, heirs, lights, ransomed of the Lord, the righteous, the salt, God's sheep, sons of God, sons of light, trees of righteousness. Just a few names that identify us in scripture and everyone is positive, even though we make mistakes. The one factor for all those names, they can make mistakes. But that doesn't change who they are to God. And God's got help for us and hope for us if we'll take it. Psalm 139 and 14. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works and that my soul knoweth right well. Psalm 138 and 8. We are the works of God's hand. He is the potter and we are marvelous. In another place it says, and we all are the work of thy hand. Uh, another quote I read this morning said that, uh, butterflies can't see their wings. I don't know how they know that, but they, uh, I'll, I'll take them at their word. In other words, they can't see how truly beautiful they are, but everyone else can. And people are like that as well. And that's the way, uh, you know, everybody else, start believing the good things that your brothers and sisters say about you. Start believing the good things that God says about you. Honey, you can come on. Uh, no matter what other people say, you are fashioned by God Almighty, made in His image, and He loves you. And I, boy, man, I, I was trying to wind down very quickly. So God knows the potential of who we are and what we can be. Even when we were lost, it said He died for us because He knew there was something in us and He gave His life for us. So we need to see ourselves as God sees us able to do mighty and wonderful things on this earth. The temple of the Holy Ghost, more than conquerors through Him, the light of the world, salt of the earth, the ones who can influence and work in the harvest. So how we perceive ourselves makes us or breaks us. In Mark chapter 5, there was a, a woman that had an issue of blood. And the doctors had took all her money, she was not getting better. She was only getting worse. And she could have said, well, then that's just it. But she said within herself, if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And that thought, that, that silent prayer of faith in herself moved her through the crowd till she touched Jesus and got her miracle. She said, I, I'm not lost, a lost cause. Maybe the doctors can't do anything, but... I believe there is someone who can. And stand with me this morning. And I'll, I'll finish up right here. In Matthew 22, and 37, Jesus answered a question about what is the greatest commandment. He said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, and all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. But it's the second one I want to look at right here. The second is like to it. You shall love thyself or thy neighbor as thyself. So we can't love our neighbor really until we love God. But we can't love our neighbor if we don't love ourselves. 
We help others, give to others, forgive others, trust others. Why not ourselves? Why is it so easy to just give everybody else a pass but not ourselves? Listen, if we loved our neighbors the way some people love themselves, our neighbors are going to have it rough. You hear me? If, if you can't love yourself, don't even try loving your neighbor because it's going to be a bad road. You've got to have forgiveness and mercy for yourself. You've got to believe in yourself and what God's made of you. So God forgives. Yeah, look, love yourself. Admit your faults, but strive to be better, and then let yourself get past it. God forgives it, so should you. Don't destroy yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Just pick yourself up and go on. Because your self-perception is going to impact you either positive or negative, but it's up to you. You know, even, even the Lord can't change your self-perception if you won't let Him. He'll never mind melt you and force you to see yourself some way. But man, He'll do everything He can to show you what you can be. And then by faith, you got to embrace that and then live that life. Let's lift our hands to the Lord this morning and receive the word of the Lord. God, we just love you and praise you today. Thank you for speaking to our hearts today, God. Thank you for this encouraging word. And Lord, let us begin to see ourselves as you would see us. And Lord, let us believe the good work that you've begun in us. You said that you, which have begun a good work in us, would perform it. And God, so we've, we've got to believe in the good work that's going on in our life. And Lord, help us to be better at this, to push away the negative, to speak the positive and give you praise in it all. Lord, we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. He's a great God, a mighty God creator of all things and he loves us very much amen god bless you let's find a place to pray before the next service